The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Centre. Remain blessed as you listen. Make sure you are good. Amen. Now, today we are going to be looking at the subject crowns. Look at anyone and say crowns. Tell loud, there's a crown of life with my name on it. There's a crown of life with my name on it. It's for the love of money, everybody read, for the love of money is what? Is the root of what? All evil. Which why some coveted after they have heard what? From the faith. And pierced themselves through with what? Many sorrows. Now, next verse. Yeah, wait a minute. Sorry. Today is Pastor Eddie Dion's birthday. <laughs> Pastor Eddie Dion's. I, I, I was not going to forget. Praise God. Who else again? Oh, yeah. Or also, brother, but this birthday too is today. I mean, look at how sumptuously dead dressed the guy is. I mean, that's Dr. Bode Oko Damilola. You cannot celebrate husband without the wife. Praise God. So that is Pastor Eddie, the husband of Jennifer. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So please do well to disturb Pastor Eddie for cake. Amen. Hallelujah. And make sure that as you are collecting the cake, you are blessing him with credit alert, you know. You know, not to tongues words. Give him give. I'll give him the tongues. Amen. Now, he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. This is interesting, very important because Paul is talking to a minister. Now, let me just give you the background of what crowns is about. We're looking at when the word crowns, we are talking about, all right, walking in this life, all right, walking with the Lord in this life in such a way that you are going to get a reward when you stand before Jesus. Praise God. Now, it says, all right, in verse 12, everybody would want to go. It says what? Fight the good fight of what? Faith. Lay hold on what? Eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul tells uh, Timothy, his spiritual son, fight the good fight of faith. So that means we are called to a fight of faith. Now, many times when people read this scripture and they talk about the fight of faith, they are talking about it from the perspective of fighting in faith for a healing or fighting in faith for a job and saying, I'm, it's a good fight of faith, I'm fighting to see manifestation. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, but Paul is not speaking to that here. We are going to look at what he's speaking to, speaking to because many times when the Bible talks about mentions faith, all right, the faith or faith as we see, he's talking about a set of belief system. He's talking about doctrine. He's talking about the gospel message and the purity of the message. Praise the Lord. That's actually what he's talking about. Amen. So, all right, Paul is telling him, fight the good fight of faith. Now, before he talks about fighting a good fight of it, he had warned him to flee covetousness. He says, because the love of money is the root of what? All evil. Now, let us even start reading from verse um, 7, so that you can see some context. Because you will find out that what Paul is saying when he says the love of money is the root of all evil, what he's saying is the love of money in relationship to doctrine. Because there were many people in Paul's time who were changing doctrine because of material gain. Are you following? 
right? Because the way it worked was this. In Paul's time, they had a lot of synagogues. And the synagogues usually supported people and supported preachers that they aligned with their beliefs. Are you following? So when you had a synagogue saying, oh, we like Apollos, we are going to support what Apollos is preaching. You understand? Because the churches that came from, you know, the churches in Corinth, the churches in Ephesus, and all of those churches were churches that came out of synagogues. Hallelujah. So if you look at Apostle Paul's approach, you find out that in Acts of Apostles, all right, whenever Paul entered into a city, the first place he went to was that he went to what? He went to a synagogue, and in the synagogue, he preached Christ from the law of Moses. So those who believed, after having heard his message, were the ones that now started the church in that city. How many of you understand? How many of you understand? Uh -huh. So now what was now going on was that in Acts of, uh, Acts of Apostles chapter 15, some group of people who were Jews came and said that except you were circumcised, you have not yet, except the Gentiles who had believed in Jesus became circumcised, all right, except they added to the faith of Jesus Christ, they were not truly saved. Are you following? That was the first time you had somebody adding something to say, uh, for you to be saved, you have to believe in Jesus, but also do this. You have to believe in Jesus, but also circumcise yourself. You have to believe in Jesus, but not wear trousers. You have to believe in Jesus and pay tithe for you to be saved for salvation. So you had mixture in the group. So what was now happening was as time went on, some of these co collections of synagogue and churches now began to choose to support ministers who aligned in the doctrine, you know, that they were comfortable with. So let's say, they will say, if you come and you are preaching grace alone, true faith alone, we will not support you. But if you came and preached what? Uh, grace in Christ plus circumcision plus keeping the Jewish Sabbath plus keeping the festivals of the Jews, we will support you. Are you following? Come on, are you following the background? Uh-huh. So now, look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 6. All right? It says, no, back up to 5. I want to see something. Because the love of money is one of the very, very dangerous things in ministry. In the work of ministry, the love of money. Because there are many folks who, because of a, a love of money, now begin to, it causes division in the body of Christ. It causes division in church. Love of money. Especially amongst, amongst those giving to ministry. Ministry is not something you do to get a paycheck. Ministry is not something you do to get limelight. That is not what ministry is about. So if there's something, all right, that you must kill, is the love of money and the love of ambition. Paul was persuading to kill it in his son, Timothy. He says, perverse disputings of men, listen, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Are you seeing this? Supposing that gain, gain that is material gain. Supposing that material gain is godliness. Okay? From such, what did he say? From such what? Withdraw yourself. Withdraw yourself. Praise God. So he's saying withdraw yourself from men who equate prosperity materially with approval from God. Are you following that? Come on, are you following that? Now, next verse. It now says in verse 6. But godliness with what? Contentment. Yoruba itelorum. Is what? Great gain. Hmm? Next verse, verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that certain we can carry what? Nothing out. Glory. Next verse, 8. 
and having food and what? Raiment, let us be there with what? Content. Next verse, verse 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many and what? Hurtful loss, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now, the context of this day that will be rich is men, all right, and women that will to be rich through work of ministry. Are you following? Are you following? Those who have an ambition to be rich through what? Preaching the gospel. That is what he's talking about. That is the context. Glory to God. Uh-huh. So he's not saying for the love of money is the root of all evil. So when he's talking about the love of money is the root of all evil, the context of this root of all evil, hallelujah, is all right, root of all evil, where in ministry. Amen. That word love there is actually lost, strong desire for money. The love of money is the root of all evil, which why some notice, all right, converted what. After they have what? Edge from the faith. Now, the word faith there, the faith there is talking about a set of teachings and doctrine. So he's saying that because of a love of money that some converted after, they have gone away from preaching the truth and the simplicity of the gospel. Come on, are you following? Come on, are you following? Uh-huh. They've turned away from preaching the truth and simplicity of the gospel. He says, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with what? Many sorrows. Look at verse 11. But thou, O man of God, he says what? Flee these things. So the context is ministry. Is this clear? Is this clear? He said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Then he now tells him what to follow after. He said, don't follow after money in ministry. Don't covet money in ministry. Don't convert comfort in ministry. You understand? Because let God take care of you, but don't now begin to seek those things. Because if you begin to convert those things and lust after those things, it will influence you in missing God. That's what he's saying. Some think, oh, there's money in ministry. They want to go and start church. Do you know, listen, most of the motivation for new churches that are starting are two things. Number one, money. Number two, because the person that is starting the church does not like being submitted to somebody. He wants to be his own man. Then you hide it under the Holy Spirit told me. Then sometimes it's envy. You understand? Maybe both with some two people are in the ministry. You understand? One is doing well and he says, oh, they are favoring this one. They are not favoring me. You understand? It's flesh and envy. And when you see all of those things... If that is the motivation, all right, for starting a ministry, for doing God's work, you are going to find out, we are going to shift from scripture, that you can labor and labor in vain. Because God, Jesus, will judge your work according to the intent of your heart. Not according to Facebook likes and Instagram praise. It's going to be according to the intention of your heart. We cannot, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to the Lord. Glory to God. You can lie to everybody, but to the Lord, you cannot lie. He sees your heart. Praise God. I said, praise God. He says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after what? Righteousness. That is doing things the right way. And follow after what? Godliness. And follow after what? Faith. Follow after love. Follow after patience and what? Meekness, that's humility. Glory to God. Next verse. 
Now, now notice, can you now see when he says, fight the good fight of faith? You can now see the context. So the fight of faith is in what you have what followed after. So the fight of faith actually speaks to what a, ma a man in ministry or a woman in ministry following after what he should follow after, glory to God, that pertains to the kingdom of God and not around material stuff and vanity and covetousness. Come on, is this clear? Is this clear? Now look at verse 13. Let's look at it. 13 now says, 13 says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. There is such a thing called a good confession. Hallelujah. A good confession. So the fight of faith is the fight to follow after glory to God, righteousness, to follow after godliness, to follow after meekness, to follow after holiness, which is in Christ Jesus. That is the fight of faith. The fight of faith is to ensure you present the gospel in simplicity and purity without it being perverted by your lust for recognition, perverted by your lust for material gain, by, perverted by your lust for, you know, for you know, fulfilling your ambition. Ministry is not a platform to fulfilling your own ambition. No. Ministry is a platform to fulfilling God's ambition. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible to Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. You know, after salvation, salvation is a gift. You receive salvation as a gift. It is freely given to you. But the rewards in Christ, you will work for it. You will work for it. The rewards in Christ, you work for it. And then just move as quickly as well because I have a lot to share with you over the next couple of weeks. Jude chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Beloved, he says, When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should what? Earnestly contend for the faith, which was once what? delivered unto the saints. He says, earnestly content for the faith. That means that you must ensure you lose no ground as regards what is the truth of the gospel. Are you paying attention? What is the truth of the gospel? Look at verse 4. The earnestly content, all right, now listen, it says, earnestly content for the faith that was once delivered unto you. Why must you earnestly content for it? Look at it, verse 4. He says, for there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that when we are talking about contention for the faith, it will have to do with contending against false doctrine and it will have to do with contending against the peddlers of the false doctrine. Praise God. Are you following? Contending against false doctrine and contending against the peddlers of the false doctrine. One time I was watching. <laughs> now, listen to me. A man can be called truly by God and be preaching false doctrine. False doctrine does not make a man a false, 
um, apostle, false teacher, false prophet. No. His calling can be genuine. Did I say genuine? No. His calling can be genuine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What is <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. Before one person comes to tell me genuine is actually the pronunciation. Well, I don't know that. I know genuine. Praise God. Now, his calling can be actually genuine, but his understanding of the gospel imperfect and wrong. Are you following that? Are you following that? Now, in such cases, once you show that person the correct truth, like with Apollos, praise God, all right, he will straighten himself out. Are you following? I said, are you following? Uh-huh. Because we are all a product of influence. For example, I was watching a guy, all right, ministering somewhere, and he was ministering there, and they were praying, and they were praying people, believers. I, I hope they were believers. They're putting their head, oh, my destiny, I recover you. Oh, my helper, show me. You know, those kind of stuff. Like, then he now told them, gave them instructions. Now, what was the instruction? He told them to get a stone. Then they should get salt. Glory to God. Then they should, they should get water and put it inside a bucket. And that there's something is going to add to the water. He didn't tell us what those things, that thing was. You understand? All right? And that at 12 midnight, they should rise up with the stone and with the salt. And they were going to pray with the stone and salt and water. Are you seeing that this thing is looking like sorcery? Praise God. But because we are in Africa, those kind of things catches people's attention. Hmm. This man knows God. See revelation. See prophetic. Someone said this is the token of the spirit. Stone, salt. Pamoy and water. You are not serious. Now, it's possible that that prophet is called of God. But the people that mentored him as he was growing up, he saw that rubbish with them. So that is the only way he knows. So for example, now, I will not hear such things from the Spirit of God. I don't live in that area, in the Holy Ghost. Are you following what I'm talking about? We don't hear things like, have I ever told you to be Pamoy here? But don't you see things happening? Don't you see? Exactly. So it is the mentorship, the way this person grew up. Are you following what I'm saying? So, you understand? So you have to be very careful because false doctrine are peddled by men. And part of your, your, your duty to the Lord is to contend earnestly because if you allow any doctrine to fly into the church, one day you enter church and you recognize it. Kenya Hagin said that there is a move of the spirit that if it is not intentionally taught to the next generation, it will be lost. I was teaching one play in one, 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 one meeting, and I was telling them, I said, listen, that speaking in tongues came with the early church, all right? The first church that started or started in Acts 2 started out speaking in tongues. But for close to 1,900 years, that gift of speaking in tongues disappeared from the church. It disappeared. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It disappeared. From the church, in that we never found churches in the Catholic Church, we never had anything about speaking in tongues. They replaced tongues with Latin, in Domini, Patria, Spiritus, Santos, Maria, Santo, Amen, Liberado, 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 do, Amen. They replaced it with that. But listen, it disappeared. Why? Because that grace, that move of the Spirit was not handed over. That's why you must contend. When somebody comes and says, tongues died with the last apostle, you contend. Are you following what I'm talking about? When someone tells you that speaking in tongues is rubbish, you contend. You don't let that fly. Because if that person becomes a person of, uh, of influence in the body of Christ and becomes a pastor listen, and begins to teach that, you will find out that people will not respond in faith to what? To receive that manifestation. And the less and the less all right, of people that receive the manifestation, the more likely is that in a hundred years or two hundred years, that manifestation will do what? Will disappear. 
Are you paying attention? Look at him and say, content. I said, content. I said, content. Content earnestly. So the good fight of faith and contending earnestly for the faith refers to receiving and obeying in full the mandate of the gospel. Praise God. You must understand that you are called as a minister of the gospel, as a child of God, to do two things. To go on offense with the gospel and to go on defense for the gospel. You must defend the gospel, but you must also go on offense for the gospel. So when we're talking about going on offense of the gospel, that is going on preaching the gospel to the unbelievers. Hallelujah. Preaching the gospel to unbelievers. Praise God. Then, when we're going on defense for the gospel, we must defend the truth of the gospel from false doctrine peddlers. Hallelujah. When someone comes and tells you that, except you tight, all right, you will not go to heaven. That is a false doctrine. Glory to God. Did you hear what I said? It is a what? False doctrine. You should give, yes. You should honor God with your giving. But when you start equating and making tithing a prerequisite for salvation, that is a false doctrine. Praise God. It is, a, you cannot, you, it is not true from Scripture. Let me even give you deeper. When you come and say that Satan is Lucifer, it is a false doctrine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Satan is not Lucifer. Lucifer is not a name. Amen. Amen. It's not a name. Lucifer means morning star. What is morning star? There is a star in the, you know, in, uh, what do you call it? In the planetary body, bodies called the morning star. That's the planet Venus. That's what they used to call it in old time. So the morning star is the star that shines brightest just before the dawn. That is why it's called morning star or day star. That means the star that we see last before night turns to what? To day. You understand? So morning star was used as a metaphor to describe the disappearance of the influence of the king of Babylon in Isaiah 14. Are you following? Are you following? Because one time, the king of Babylon was the most powerful person in the world. Then overnight, he lost his power. Because there was a coup d'etat in his palace. And the kingdom of Medopatia came in and took over authority. If you look at Daniel, you see that story. Where an angel wrote on the wall, Mene, Mene, take care of a sin. Remember that? I'm going to remember that. Uh -huh. And that night, the king of Babylon was overthrown. And Darius came and replaced him. Praise God. So it was overnight. So at the uh, maximum of the king of Babylon's power, it just disappeared. So it's, it, um, Isaiah says, all right, we take this parable against him. You know, oh, how are that falling? Oh, morning star. In the originals, it's actually morning star that is there. It's not Lucifer. In fact, if you check your NIV, the NIV Bible, I, Isaiah 14, 12, what is there is what? Oh, morning star, son of the morning. Praise God. But the King James translators, for some reason which I will not mention in this service, but in a small cocoon, so that, because it's not everything you say, because everybody cannot take it. Praise the Lord. All right? So, in some distance, the King James guys, all right, because they didn't want it to look as though they were using, it was tautology. All right? So, when they saw morning star, son of the morning, instead of putting morning star there, they left the Latin word. 
for morning star in Isaiah 14:12. The Latin word for morning star or day star in, in, in Latin is what? Lucifer. So they left it there. So people now misinterpreted it to say Lucifer is Satan. Because the problem is now that there is also Lucifer in 1 Peter chapter 1, 19, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, where he says, For we have also received a sure, more sure word of prophecy. Wherein to we are to take it unto until the day dawn and the day star what arise in your heart. And there he's talking about a revelation of Christ from the Old Testament scriptures. So he's basically using the same metaphor to refer to who? Christ. So some foolish people now came and said that Christ and Lucifer are brothers. Because I'm serious. Very stupid this thing. It's a metaphor. It's like saying that when the Bible calls Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, it means that Jesus is an agege bread that was walking in Jerusalem. No, it's metaphor. <laughs> Praise God. You cannot use it. For example, if you say, um, you say, well, if you say, if you say, if I say Emmanuel Kota is the dawn of the riffraffs. Is it the riffraffs? That in the ooh, yeah, moo, uh, you understand? That in riffs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, let's say it's the dawn of the river. Does it mean that Emmanuel's name is Don? What you are saying is a, is a master. So that means Don is a metaphor. Are you following what I'm saying? So you see, that is why in Bible reading, you must come with your brain. When you are coming to church, you don't leave your brain at home. You will read the Bible word. Intelligently. Can you now see how some people have started the whole religion on rubbish, on falsehood? Then some people want to cast out devils. Have you also noticed the thing? That when they are casting out devils, you now see some of those casting out devils is in the flesh. Who are you? I am Lucifer. I'm the son of the morning. What is going on? It's not any demon that is talking from that person. <laughs> they deceive that person that unless... For her to be delivered, somebody else must talk inside her. Praise God. When you see full demo possession, you will know. You will know. Don't worry, you will know. Not all those fleshy stuff. All those entertainments. Yes, I am Lucifer, small of the morning. You now meet on that person. I am Ayamatanga. Ayamatanga. And you now find that it was not Ayamatanga they were saying. It was Ayamatanga. Hallelujah. You understand? So you, you find out all of those things. Ignorance. Ignorance is one of the major foils of false doctrine. There are different reasons why false doctrine arises. One of the major ones is ignorance of the word of God. Ignorance of the word of God. Glory to God. So you must contend earnestly for the faith. You must contend earnestly for the faith. Now, I, I said, most times when we see the expression faith in the Bible, it refers to believing in the gospel message. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, you see that? It's talking about, all right, the faith to receive salvation. Then you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse um, 6 to 8. Alright, so you see that there's that place where faith is mentioned. It is referring to believing the gospel, receiving eternal life, okay? He said, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In verse 7 says, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness to us was through Christ Jesus. 
Verse 8, everybody would want to go. He says, for by grace are you what? Saved. Through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves, it is what? So that means this is talking about the faith that received what? Salvation. Is this clear? However, we also see the expression of faith or the faith as it refers to a set of teachings consistent with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you see expressions like the faith, definite article, is talking about a set of teachings or belief system that what forms or right the tenets of the gospel. Glory to God. So for example, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 13, it says, till we all come, all right, Ephesians 4, 13, till we all come in the unity of what? The unity of what? Faith. The faith, not faith, the faith. Now, why is he saying the faith? He's saying that till we all come to a what? A unison in understanding, all right, the gospel. Not you come and say, I believe in Jesus plus, I believe in Jesus minus, no. He said, till we all come to that place. So he's saying that because he's talking about the fivefold ministry. The work of authentic um, ministry gates is that they are to supply knowledge. Amen. Listen to me. Don't let any man deceive you. The crux of Christian ministry is knowledge. I am not talking of mysterious knowledge i'm not talking of all this mystery and secrets and all these portals and dimension that's not the knowledge i'm talking about oh christianity is not sorcery it is you understand what i'm saying you know, a portal all those portals was opened and um, there was a dimension you know all those secret mystery listen to me and listen to me very well the gospel is the mystery of the old testament revealed did you hear what I said? The gospel is the mystery of the Old Testament fulfilled. So to the believer, tongues is not a mystery. It's a revelation. Faith is not a mystery. It's a revelation. Honor is not a mystery. It's a revelation. It is a mystery to the man who is not saved. It was a mystery to the Old Testament saints. To us, it is not a mystery. We have received the spirit that is from God, that we may what? Know the things that are freely given to us of God. So it is not hidden. It is not a mystery. It is revealed. Everybody say it is revealed. Exactly. So we open the Bible to study the revelations of Jesus Christ because it is revealed. So it is not the mystery of Jesus Christ we are studying. Uh-uh. We are studying the what? Revelation of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Notice Paul, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I show unto you a mystery. Are you seeing that? So that's what he's saying. When he says, I show, that one show is to unveil. So that means the ministry of the New Testament prophet, teacher, apostle, pastor, is to unveil what was a mystery. Such that it does not reveal, remain what? A mystery. Hallelujah. Oh, someone says, I want to show you the mystery of praying at 12 midnight. There's no mystery there. Don't be a Christian that is in love with esotericism. You know what esotericism is? You understand? Esoteric, you know, weird stuff. You know, they make it that if it's prophetic, it's got to be weird. So when you get home, boy, right? 
When you boil that rice, boil the egg. Put one in the north of the pot. Put another one in the south. Then put one egg in the northeast. If you don't know northeast, get a compass and position it. Then after 15 minutes, begin to wash the egg. Begin to wash the egg. Except I be a man of God. When that egg that is in northeast goes to the northwest, your miracle has happened. Hey, man! Why? What is your problem? What's your problem? Hallelujah. Your miracle is tied to egg? Now, some people do it. Will they get a miracle? Well, maybe. Why? Because if they do it in faith, Faith, you always get a manifestation. Yes, but you are not, you are, you are acting, you are not like, that's not baby faith. That is neonate faith. That is, I don't even know what to call it. What kind of rubbish is that? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Tell hmm. that I'm a man of the word and a man of the spirit. Yes, it's true, the Spirit of God can give us some instructions at times. But I found out something, that those instructions will come usually once. But sometimes, what used to happen, is, for example, the, the king of Israel stands before a prophet, Elisha, when Elisha was about to pass. Then king of Israel says, oh, Syria is giving me too much trouble. Help me, man of God. Then the man of God says, take a bow. All right? And he says, is it beat the ground or shoot uh, arrows? All right, shoot uh, arrows. And the king shot three times. Then Elisha will say, ah, why did you shoot three times? Praise God. That if you had shot more times, you would have destroyed Syria. But now you will only defeat Syria three times. Do you see an example of that kind of instruction again? No. If it is now, you will find out that that prophet will start bow and arrow shooting services. Everybody will now begin to come to church with bow and arrow. You know, say, we are plugging to that prophetic word, ladies and gentlemen. We are plugging to that prophetic word, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to the field now. All right, bring out your bow and arrow. Fire. All my enemies, take your arrow. All my enemies, take your arrow. Tell my enemy. It was one instruction. Why are you making a tradition out of one instruction? God told Ayobabalola to use water at a particular point to heal people. Ayobabalola is dead. Why are you still going to the water? Did he tell you? Did he tell you? He told Elisha, take a cruise of salt, point at the source of a river that was killing people. Did you notice that Elijah did not start salt sprinkling services? That was the only time Elijah used salt. Jesus did not use salt. The apostles did not use salt. Why are you using salt? Why are you using an incident that occurred once in the Bible? You are now telling us the mysteries of salt prayer. What is your problem? The mysteries of salt prayer? Are you okay? Then everybody is not carrying salt. And do like this. You are a baba now. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. 
I know some people listen to me say he doesn't don't listen to that pastor. He doesn't understand the mystery of deliverance. <laughs> it's only if you know my background. I used to do those things, oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> let's go there. Ah, when people are coming to church, just come with keg. <laughs> come with keg. <laughs> ah, the devil hear it today. Put it down. Kalabaya. There was one time you kept keg one week inside church, one week. Then after one week, oh, we didn't know who which child opened their spittings and nothing. One week. After one week, they will now told us that we should use that, we should come out yellow. We take the keg. When we want to cook, we cook with rice. They will now take the water inside keg like Maggie. We pour small. <laughs> when we want to bath, you know, we take the water, we pour small. You understand? We pour. Ah. And we must not allow the water finish for six months. Yes, I did it. I did it. God is my witness. Because the man of God told us that if we did it, in six months, we will all be millionaires. The man of God that told us is not a millionaire. The church, all of us, we were still poor after the six months. Myself, my family, we were still living inside our computer building after the six months. Glory to God. It didn't work. <laughs> Praise God. Galatians 4.13 Till we all ever say till we all come In the unity of the faith And of the knowledge of the Son of God Uh-huh No, what, what do you Ephesians, no we are still at Ephesians 4.13 Sorry Till we all come The reason why we have to all come Is so that the richness of our fellowship can be better Instead of talking about elementary things, we can leave elementary things and go to the next thing. Are you following? So we need to come to unity on these elementaries. Hallelujah. So we contend. That's why in, in church here, all right, go for the teaching meetings. Go for the midweek service. That's how we are coming to the unity. Attend the services. Read the materials. Listen to the messages. Ask questions. That's how we come to unity of the faith. Don't say, oh no, you say, I have my truth, you have your truth. Huh? My brother, you have, you have the church confused with new age. This is not new age. This is not family free church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you can't come and say, I have my truth, you have your truth. You see, you believe that, I believe that. Praise God. You know how people say that, I believe that, you believe that. We all have our own beliefs. No, not in Christ, sir. No, in Christ, no. In Christ, it's one belief. Oh. If, you see, that is why you, call, you are called a Christian. Oh, pastor, you see, the um, Christian is not a word that Jesus called us, all right? Jesus didn't tell us of Christians. The Bible says that it was the people in Antioch that called them, called those who believed in Jesus Christian. And my question with you, to you, my darling brother intellectual, is why in the world did they call them Christians, if I may ask? Um, they believed like Christ. Okay, good. So it means that there was something that was common in that behavior that made people say that these guys are behaving like who? Exactly, or these guys talk about the Christ a lot. It means that if they talked about the Christ a lot, they will say the same thing about him. Is that correct? Is that correct? All right. So in Christ Jesus, our strength is in our what? Our likeness. In our saying the same things. Our strength is not in our saying different things. When people start saying different things, it is because they are trying to be, uh, uh, they are trying to what? To, you know, you know, be distinct from everybody. So people say, I have a unique message from the Lord. Eh, okay. What's the unique message? Marriage. My brother, if you are preaching marriage, it should be in Christ. 
So that means from your teaching of marriage, I should see who? Jesus Christ. But if all you are doing in teaching this marriage is it's making me sensual, you understand? It's making me lose Christ's sight of eternity. Then Jesus did not send you. He didn't send you. Because the fivefold ministry gifts have one thing they achieve. It brings us, see, we all come to what? Unity. Of faith. All right? So faith has to do with a set of doctrine. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. Colossians 1, 23. This message is very important. Please take it seriously. It's very important. Very, very important. Colossians 1, 23. It says, if you continue in the faith, if you continue where? So that means, you see, when it says in the faith, it's talking about a set of doctrine. Praise God. So he's saying, if you continue in the faith, grounded and what? Settled. So that means a set of doctrine that every believer should be grounded and what? Settled in. Not tossed to and fro. A proof of a well-taught Christian is that that Christian is not tossed to and fro. How are you saved? By faith. By grace. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Not of works. Lest any man should what? Should boast. Grounded and settled in that. Can a believer lose their salvation? No, because if he believed, he has what? Eternal life. If he confessed Jesus and later says that Jesus is not Lord, it is proof that he never believed in the first place. Praise God. Because, listen, let me tell you something. Everybody look at me. Because many people ask for those, can someone lose salvation? So let me, let me make it easy for you. Number one, the Bible says, if a, with the heart man believeth unto what? Righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Which part of that whole transaction can you see? Can any of you see another person's heart? Can you see another person's heart? No. Which one can you see? Which one can you hear? His mouth. Is that correct? So that means you know of those who have confessed Jesus as Lord, but you don't know the one that has truly believed in their hearts because you cannot see their heart. Is that correct? Now, so how do you tell that someone? was truly saved by watching that person over time and seeing that that person is consistent in his confession concerning who? Jesus Christ. So you watch them till the end. How do we know that Judas Iscariot did not believe? How do we know? Because he betrayed Jesus. It was eventually he showed his true words, his true colors. And Jesus said in John 6, that, all right, um, you know when all of, all, the, all of his multitude of disciples left him? Then he now turned to his own twelve and said, will you not leave? He said, they said, no. You are the one that have the words of what? Eternal life. Jesus now said, have I not picked all of you? He said, one of you. He doesn't believe. He said, for Jesus knew who would betray him. Praise the Lord. Are you following? So, that one, usually when people say, I know Christians, that they were Christians, but they turned their back on Christ. They are talking after their eyes. You don't know what happened in that person's heart. You don't know. That is why you must stick with the scriptures. If a man who used to confess Jesus says Jesus is not not, Jesus is this, Jesus is that, except he has a mental problem. Maybe he has gone mad. If he's in his right sense, that guy is going to hell if he continues like that. And your approach to that person is not to say, ah, ah, he saved eternally. No, sir, you will preach the gospel to that person. You will pray for that person. Because if he dies saying that, from script, authority of God is going to hell fire. He's not saved eternally, I have never taught that rubbish, and I will never teach it. 
the one who is saved is the one who believes in his heart and con is confessing the Lordship of Jesus. Praise God. And when you ask him, who is your Lord Jesus? Now, the guy may have issues. Maybe he's battling with one sin or the other. But who is Lord of your life? Who is the Savior of your soul? Jesus Christ. That guy is saved. Because how we know that the man is saved, all right, from our end, is what is coming out from what? His mouth. But from the God end, is what? God, what he has believed we are in his heart. Hallelujah. So that's why you have things that if you continue, if you abide to the end, you understand? So what Paul is saying is, me, I don't know what is in your heart, but my own is like, I'm going to watch you. All right? If you continue confessing the Lord Jesus to the end, you shall be saved. What he's saying is that if you continue confessing the Lord Jesus to the end, it is proof that the faith that you have in your heart is what? Correct. Genuine. Not okrika. It's genuine faith. Praise the Lord. Because the faith that is real does not, it does not deny Jesus. Ah! Deny Jesus. How? How? How will I come and say Jesus is not Lord? How will I say that Jesus is the only way for eternal life? Then I come back and say, what am I coming back to say? Because to believe it means I understood it. Amen? It means I understood why. I understand. Revelation has entered my heart about Jesus. That Jesus is my savior. And there is no other. I may struggle with other things, but I don't struggle with that. If I struggle with that, it's proof positive I was not saved. You say, but pastor, they spoke in tongues. My sister, brother, anyone can do some shagagabo, shigagaga, Lafa pa pa pa. The proof that that shigagaga, la kakapo, ikababa, Toyota Celica, Celica Toyota Lambda, Lambda, Lamborghini. Listen to me. The proof that that Lambda Lamborghini is of the Lord is in what that person is saying about who? Christ. Praise God. So if by far they invite you to a church and the pastor is praying and he's doing rabababa, kopopopopo, eledami, eledami, eledami. Throughout the service, nobody say Jesus. When they are doing praise and worship, instead of Jesus, you're hearing, Listen. Afefe mio, 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 madia mio. Listen to me. And you're not hearing Jesus there. Jesus is not mentioned there. Holy Ghost is not mentioned there. Salvation, sin, forgiveness is not mentioned there. And you are sitting there and say, Oh, talk to me, Papa. Something's wrong with your head. <laughs> you run. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Or you get close to a man of God as a sister. And man of God says, Sister, come, sit down on my lap. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is this right? Then you now go and you are sitting down on the lap. You say, Relax. What's your problem? Do all this. Ah, eh, sister, let me just digress from the normal programming. You will run, no? Not just run from the room, you will run from the church. Amen. Amen. You are not going to benefit from that one. They will destroy your life. Say, man of God. Man of God, okay. It may, it may be that God coming, but you see, that man of God, only amnesia currently. Are you following? Those of you that don't speak Yoruba, let me translate for you. The guy has amnesia. He has forgotten who he is. Don't let him use that state to destroy you because in the end, he will come and say, I've repented. It was the attack of the devil. You understand? And the one that is far gone, he will say that uh, his grace covers it. 
there's nothing wrong with it, blah, blah. You know, some people come with this nonsense. Your own is that you are supposed to run. Then you're not going to go and tweet and say, oh, man, of God, mm -mm. it's the one you met there oh, that you were sitting on the lap. Oh. Don't come and go post all of us inside. <laughs> you are the one that know how you enter there and you're sitting on lap. Because when someone says you should go and sit on lap, your head should tell you, ah, ah, man, of God, I'm coming, sir. Open door and run. <laughs> but when you're doing, eh, <laughs> it's, ah, I don't know, daddy, daddy, bawo. daddy, the cold, Laura, yeah. Daddy will not say sleep on you, sit on your lap. Spiritual daddy, spiritual clinical. Oh, will you get out from there? Glory to God. Have some discernment. You don't do sin in this place. Glory to God. You are a married woman. You now say you went to a prophet. Then the prophet is touching. Ah, ah, and you are there. <laughs> Leave me, oh, I'm married. It's not, that is not why you will tell him you are married. You first slap him. Then you will now come out and call your husband. Then your husband will come too and say, Oga, I'm trying to understand what you do. You understand? So that it will be open and everybody will feel the shaking. You follow what I'm saying? You don't permit rubbish in the name of say, No, we don't do that in Christ. Nonsense. We don't do that. Mm -mm. You don't do that, oh. Don't, you don't do rubbish. Don't come you calling it what nonsense. It's not grace, it's disgrace. Do not do that. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't do that. Everybody have your wife or your sin. It's your wife you'll be taught. You don't want to touch someone else in the of you are doing prophets, nonsense. No, there's nothing like that. Let them that name the name of the Lord depart from uncleanliness. Then if you don't depart, we know that the name of the Lord is not named on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me round up. We'll continue next week. Amen? So continue in the faith rooted and grounded. Galatians chapter 1 verse 23. Ah, there's still a lot, but I've not even entered the meat of the message. Alright, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 23. I mean, if I ever getting blessed, you're learning something. Let me see your hands. You're learning something. Praise God. Now look at Galatians 1 verse He said, alright, he says, but they had only that he which persecuted us in time past now preached what? The faith. So that means a set of teachings. The faith, which now was persecuted. So when we are told to fight the good fight, that fight has to be about the facts and tenets of the doctrine that makes up the faith. So you fight, you contend, you contend, and we are contending for the truth in the hearts of men. We are contending for the truth in the hearts of men. So it's in the hearts of men in what they believe. And we contend by preaching, by conduct. By preaching and teaching, by our conduct, by our example. Hallelujah. By our example. The believer is likened to the following in scripture. Number one, a boxer. Number two, an athlete. Number three, a soldier. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. You find that these metaphors are used to communicate who you are as a believer. You are a boxer. You are in a wrestling match. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The devil is going to try to deceive you out of the simplicity of the faith. He will try to deceive you into bondage. Amen. He says, know ye not that they which run in a race, run all. As an athlete. 
but one receiveth the price. He said, so run that he may what? Obtain. So that means there is a way to run. And there is a way not to run. Hallelujah. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. No, we talk, we will enter the crowns part of this service next week. This is just foundation. All right, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we incorruptible. Next verse, 26. It says, I therefore so run, athlete, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth what? The air. So don't fight and box aimlessly. Don't run aimlessly in your journey in Christ. Learn the doctrine correctly. Learn the right thing. Teach the right thing. Don't teach the popular thing. Teach the right thing. Don't go with the trends. Stay with the word. Because it will count when you stand before Jesus. There are many that will run in vain. They will get no reward for all of their ministry, you know, they are parambulating. They will get nothing. Because if you don't build it according to the pattern that was shown you in the word, you will get no result, no, no reward. Let me end with this for today. First Corinthians chapter 5. Rabido sikile sokadista. First Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 and 10. Glory to God. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. No, no, no. 2 Corinthians 5.10. Sorry. I wanted to, I confused 1 Corinthians. I want to show 1 Corinthians 3. We'll look at that next week. All right. Where we talk about the building materials. But we're looking at 2 Corinthians 5. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 10. He says, everybody would want to go. He says what? For we must all what? Judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive what? The things done where? In his body. According to that he had done. Whether it be what? Good or bad. So every minister, every child of God, you will still be assessed. That's why it is not good to be praised too much on this side. Because whatever you have done, whatever you have achieved, you are still awaiting results. The results of whatever it is you are doing on earth, you don't get it here. So that's why people can be praising you. A guy can leave church, a church that God has said he should stay in. God didn't call him to plant a church. But because of offense and jealousy and envy and unreliness, he can leave the church. Get money. Another church, and that church we do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That church we do well. To be increasing, the person will be on billboard. Everybody will be hailing him. You understand? Oh, man of God, this is. I'm say he left that. You understand? And he's in offense with that person that trained him that was supposed to be. And when he stands before Christ, the first question will be, now who sent you? Who told you to do what you are doing? Is then we will now find out that what was under the entire thing was offense. And let me tell you something. He's not Lord Jesus. You cannot edit Jesus. You cannot blackmail Jesus. It is only what he sent you to do that he will reward you for. Many people always say, Pastor Femi, you are too slow. Something. I say, ah, my brother. It's what I heard that me I will do. 
If I don't hear it, I will not do it. Are you following what I'm saying? Because I know that it is what he told me to do that he will reward me for. The church that we are planting, believe me, God is my witness. It's not because I'm saying, mm -mm, we want to. No. No. An angel appeared to me in October last year. And in that this thing, he reminded me of all the words God has said in my heart. And said, Oikia is not a local church. It is a global church. And I have ordained that you should do this, this, and this. And it was shown to us that a particular angel has been assigned to us to work with us. A very senior angel, all right? That is like an ark. An ark guy. You know, I told you about the arcs? Yes. And that guy was like, ah. so he said, don't worry. Go and do what I told you to do. Everywhere you go, you will succeed. That's what we have done. Hallelujah. If he comes and say, you saw wrong. I pack everything. You understand what I'm talking about? It's not hard. I'm not, I know that this part is just is a preparation. It's the other part I want to get result. result. Amen. I want to hear wear well good and famous. I want to hear wear crown. I don't want to be wearing Dalabia like all you, all you folks. I want to you understand. I want to you understand and sit down close to Jesus. I will not be looking. And you know that one, wherever your position is, is forever. This one is for a while. What is here? It's for a while. The other one is forever. So don't live your life as though there is no eternity. Don't live your life as though you will not be assessed. You will be assessed too. Amen. Lift up your hands to us, heaven. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Just bless his holy name. What are you doing? Are you doing it for vainglory? For notice me? Are you trying to be... You know, a celebrity in the kingdom. Is this about you? Jesus is not going to reward you for your flesh. Nah, no, no, no. No matter how successful you are in flesh, he ain't going to reward that. He will reward what he told you to do. So sanctify your intentions in the Lord. Sanctify your emotions in the Lord. Sanctify your intentions in the Lord. Sanctify your emotions in the Lord. Sanctify it. Sanctify it. Sanctify it. Sanctify it. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.